that you want to try. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this Thursday edition of the Logan Blackman Show here on The Basement Podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Logan Blackman, and boy, do I have some exciting news for you, the listener of the Logan Blackman Show, which you're listening to either on the Apple Podcast or the Spotify Podcast. Either one, thank you for listening. If you are, if you're not, um, someone who's listening, go tell someone who's not listening to screw off and tell them that they're, uh, you're actually sorry and that Logan didn't actually mean that and that you should listen to the podcast because he's actually a very nice and very cool and very respectable human being. So, yeah, but thank you to everybody. But I got some very exciting news for you. We are officially done filming my Logan Blackman show video that we've been hyping up for this past week. I think I was originally going to plan on filming it on Sunday. Didn't actually work out that way. And now we are here, but we have the video edited. Or not edited. We have the video shot. Now I just need to put it in my computer and edit it. I just got back from filming the video. So I'm recording the podcast and I'm a little sweaty. I'm a little gross right now. But it's all good because we are here on the podcast, which I love doing every single time. It's so great. So much awesome. So very nice. Very good. Very sweet. Yes. Great success. Yes. So, yeah. We are here. It is Thursday here on the Logan Blackman Show. And our usual pre-show announcements go follow the Logan Blackman Show on all forms of social media. Twitter, Instagram. Go like the Facebook page and go subscribe to the YouTube channel because there will be a new video coming out, as we just said. The video will be out on Saturday. Also on Saturday, we will be dropping the merchandise link. Yes, Saturday is going to be a fun, fun day for the Logan Blackman Show. I am very excited for Saturday to come around. It's going to be an absolute, absolutely awesome day. We got a video coming out, first actual skit that I've made in a while. And then we've also got a nice little merchandise link. Isn't that awesome? All the stuff that I've bought has recently come in the mail. The last stuff came in today. My TLBS stuff came in. I'm wearing the socks right now. I have the black sweatshirt with TLBS on. I just washed all the clothes that I got in the mail today. And it is officially official. We are going to drop the link. I'm so excited. It's going to be awesome. So if you want to wear the most comfortable stuff in the world, if you want to have a mask that you don't suffocate while breathing in. If you want to have pillows that are super duper comfortable. If you want an awesome sticker to stick on either a water bottle, your laptop, or any other place you stick stickers. I don't know. I don't judge where you stick your stickers. If you want a nice comfortable sweatshirt that will keep you warm. Or if you just woke up and had yourself a nice little night the night before. And you don't really feel that great. Throw on a sweatshirt and just chill. If you want to work out tank top, if you want to be a unit of the week, art, uh, honorary unit of the week, go buy a unit of the week tank top. There's so many options here on the Logan Blackman Show. If you don't feel your phone is properly protected with the crappy phone case you got on it now, or it doesn't have a phone case to begin with, get yourself a Logan Blackman Show phone case. I've got a phone case on my phone right now. All different sizes of phones will be available on the website. I got a TLBS one on my phone right now. I got another one in the mail today, and it was about the Logan Blackman Show logo, the actual logo, the, the one on the back of my laptop that you see if you're listening to the podcast, which you'll usually see if you watch the videos at the start of my videos as well. But yeah, and also with the videos about the podcast, we're just going to be uploading my favorite clips of that show. Just you don't get a, a you don't cheat by watching the 30 minute podcast. I want you to watch the, listen to the whole thing. I don't want you cheating and getting just 30 minutes because it's also very hard to edit down uh, an hour to 30 minutes, which I don't have the time to be focusing and giving that much energy to that kind of stuff. As you see, I'm just recording the podcast now. It is 8.30. I get to work around 9, 8 or 9 varies on the day, 8.30 or 9. So if I get done recording this podcast at 9, I'm going to be staying up all night to get this video done, downloaded, and then tomorrow I'll upload to YouTube. I just don't have that kind of time. So this works out better because you get to watch clips, and they're very funny. They're not going to be edited a crap ton, and the links to the regular podcast will be down below. Like this last one 
We just released a video called Big Ass Head, but obviously the S's are censored, so you don't really know what it says. It could say just ask or um, app. What other words are three letters that start with A? Ant. Could be that. Uh, there's a lot of other different words that could come to mind when saying, starting a word with A and going three letters in. All. Oh, maybe that's it. But yeah, I'd recommend going watching that. And also, we'll be uploading videos like that. Try to every single day. My phone is pretty much dead. Because that's what we used to film the video today. So, yeah, it's almost dead. It's charging right now. Right now, it has zooted itself up to 35%. But I also charged it in my car on the way back. But stay tuned for that video. Because it's going to be freaking awesome. I hope it's as good as what I think it is when I edit it. Hopefully, I don't get too frustrated when I'm editing the video. But I'm excited. I am very excited for Saturday. Saturday's going to be freaking awesome. Just overall, the day, Saturday. I'm just ready for Saturday. Who's not ready for Saturday? Who's the one to just go off into the weekend and have yourself a grand old time? With your new Logan Blackman Show video to watch and the new merchandise that you'll be wearing that could ship to you in about five days. I don't know how long it ships. I've been getting the samples. So... I don't know how fast everything is actually going to ship if you buy it from the actual store. But time will tell. Time will tell. If you want to buy in bulk, I would recommend buying in bulk. If you get multiple Logan Blackman Show things, just buy it, throw a lot of crap in your cart and get that stuff. Got a lot of people telling me they're going to buy stuff. They're all friends, so maybe they're just saying that to be nice to me. But they're still saying it, which makes my ego go up instead of down. But yes, the video is, is done. So I don't need to worry about that anymore. I was worried because it was going to rain. I think it is still going to rain later tonight. But it was supposed to rain around the time when everybody was free to help me film it. And it didn't rain. So positives all around here on the Logan Blackman Show. Now looking at it right now. We are about 7 minutes into the show. Or we're just over 7 minutes into the show. I think this is going to be a shorter show. I talked a long time yesterday. We were an hour and 14 minute podcast yesterday. So I think we're going to go a little bit shorter this time. So today, we are obviously going to talk about the Joe Kelly incident from the Los Angeles Dodgers. We got some MLS's back stuff to talk about. My terrible bracket is now officially thrown in the garbage. And the NFL Top 100 Players of 2020 list is coming down to the final players. There were some players in the top 10. The last time I looked, top 10 through 5 were revealed. And we will talk about that when we get to that. Let's obviously, we got to start off with the Joe Kelly thing. Manfred has slowly become the worst manager, worst commissioner in all of sports. The worst one in sports. And I think it's by a long shot as well. There's not a lot of Rob Manfred fans out there. Now, commissioner is not a position that a lot of people really like anyways. They're kind of like referees. You need them, but no one else, nobody really likes them. They're there. They're administrating the rules. They're giving out penalties, but no one really likes them. Because most of the time, with the stuff they do, they're really inconsistent with it. But they're human, so we got to remember that. But Manfred, good lord, we made fun of him back in whenever the Astros thing first started. When was that? Back in February? Jeez, that was a long time ago. We got that show probably still on the Logan Blackman Show podcast, so you can go look at that. If you, I don't remember when we started on Spotify, but... It's got, it had to be around that time, didn't it? If not, you can go go to the SoundCloud. I think the SoundCloud's still technically a thing. So you could go to that and listen to that if it's not on the Spotify account. But yeah, Manfred, Rob Manfred. What can I say about Manfred that hasn't already been said by the general public? We've made fun of him a lot on the show. Because Roger Goodell is not very well-liked in the realm of NFL fans with some of the punishments that he's given out for players that do very, very little. You see the stuff with Josh Gordon getting massive suspensions for smoking weed, even though there might be other things, underlying things there, and the number of times he got suspended maybe have put them over the edge. And then you see things like Kareem Hunt, who are allowed to come back after, what, three games after what he did. I'm not going to go into detail about Kareem Hunt's situation. But... He's not the worst. Some would consider him the worst. Some would consider him one of the worst. But no, there is a very much defined line between Ma- Rob Manfred and the other major sports in America. 
Like you look at all the major sports, MLS, the NHL, the NFL, the NBA, and the MLB. Manfred with the MLB is easily the worst. Let's just take it back to when this first all started. Then we'll get, we'll gradually, we'll, we'll, we'll do like the last dance. Now, a lot of people out there, some people, I guess, not a, not a lot of people, but some people didn't like how the last dance was organized. I, for one, loved it. Going through the backstory and then eventually ending on the big thing, on the last dance. I loved it. So going back to when this all first started, the Astros cheating scandal blew up social media. It just blew up the sports world, essentially. Then you get all the videos of Jose Altuve or Jose Altuve with the, the wire taped to his chest saying, don't pull my jersey off because I got a bad tattoo. Or, oh, my wife, I'm very humble and my wife doesn't like me with my jersey off. Like, you're going to keep the story consistent. You change the story when you got interviewed about it this year, but back then it was because oh, I'm my wife doesn't like me with my jersey off. She doesn't like it. It's stupid. That was the dumbest thing. Bregman, Altuve, two of the most likable players in all of baseball, are now two of the most hated players in baseball. Carlos Correa was already one of the most hated players in baseball. Let's just all admit it. No one really likes Carlos Correa. He's just a very annoying player. I think everybody can pretty much agree on that. And last night was a very good representation of Carlos Correa. It was a very beautiful way that Joe Kelly handled it. By last night, I'm recording this again on Wednesday. So, by I say last night, I mean Tuesday night. So, we got all of that. We got this cheating sandal coming out. Players getting fired. Alex Cora losing his job with Boston. You see Hinch losing his job in Houston. Waterloo native. See all these players getting suspended. But the big thing here players getting suspended see what i said there at the end there was no players they got suspended because of this that's the ironic part because as you read through this and go wow yeah these managers got fired you would guess the next step is players get suspended nope that's not how this works in rob manfred's world the players go off scot-free no player to my recollection got suspended carlos beltran Mets legend was going back to the Mets to manage them. Lost his job. Didn't even get a chance to do anything as the Mets manager. And now we're sitting here after that happened with no players getting suspended. Then Manfred comes out and says players will get suspended if they throw at Astros players. And I saw a tweet yesterday that said if Josh, if Joe Kelly didn't want to get suspended, he should have just cheated. That's pretty much what we're saying here. We're going to suspend the players that take matters in their own hands by beating the players that cheated by suspending said players that did not cheat to get to where they are. Man, that's awesome. That's a great, great, um, what do you want to call this? A great system, I guess. Great way of distributing justice. Yes, justice. And then further, you're not going to take the World Series away. Why would they take the World Series away? It's not like they won the World Series because they cheated. What? That's ridiculous. I guess that's the worst part about this. Like, people could go like, oh, the steroid era was terrible. People like Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Alex Rodriguez, Manny Ramirez will never make it to the Hall of Fame because of steroids. This cheating scandal, the sign-stealing scandal, and I am aware sign-stealing happens in baseball. Pitchers tip their pitches all the time. But not to this extent where you got a camera in the outfield, you've got trash cans, you got freaking wires hooked up to players where they go one buzz for a fastball, two buzzes for a curveball, or you know this player's top four pitches, so then you go, oh, whatever number this show, we're going to do that. If they're, oh, they're already dicky with a knuckleball or something like that, which I don't think anybody's a primary knuckleball thrower anymore. But man, Manfred, not suspending any players. World Series not taking that away because you know why we're not taking the World Series away? Because it's just a piece of metal. Justin Turner said this best. The trophy is called the Commissioner's Trophy. The Commissioner 
is devaluing a championship trophy. It's called the commissioner's trophy. The commissioner is calling it a piece of metal. The things that all young baseball players want to achieve some point in their life. At least young, uh, most young baseball players. I'm not going to say all of them because some people might not really care about baseball. They're playing it though. But people that are committed to baseball, that want to make it in baseball, their main goal after you just make it to the majors is to win a World Series. Every player, you go into a season, they do those stupid sit-down interviews like the teams do those interviews. What's your main goal for the season? Oh, win a World Series. Like, that's what players work for. Even if it's not realistic, you got players that are on, like, the Marlins. They've got people on the Royals who have won a World Series recently. The Tigers. Who say, oh, I want to win a World Series. Even if you're on a team that is incapable of getting to a World Series at this point in time, your goal is to still make it to the World Series. To win the Commissioner's Trophy. And then the Commissioner, the thing you've worked your entire life to get, the thing that got cheated away from the LA Dodgers, I'm not now, before I go into the next thing, I'm not saying the LA Dodgers should be crowned World Series champions. I'm not saying that. It should just be wiped out. But the thing the Dodgers got cheated away from was the World Series. And now it's just a piece of metal. What a quote. That cemented Ron Rob Manfred's position as the most hated and the worst commissioner in all sports. Cemented it. Absolutely nailed on Dunzo, it's over. Rob Manfred is undoubtedly, unquestionably, unfathomably the worst commissioner in all of sports. There was the first the opening day of the season, Yankees Nationals. Manfred's there doing an interview, and uh, no coincidence whatsoever, a, a, a lightning bolt comes down right as he's talking. Nothing ominous about that. Nothing purely evil about that. And now we fast forward to Tuesday. We have the whole thing with the Astros. Whole thing. I'm not saying it blew over, but we kind of stopped talking about it a little bit. Because nothing was going to happen. So now we've got Tuesday night. Joe Kelly, who has a history of being one of those players that is looking to start something. Or if he doesn't start, he's looking to finish something. He's all he's not afraid of confrontation. Let's just say it like that. Joe Kelly loves himself a little tussle on the center mound. You'll watch the stuff with the Red Sox. He's not afraid of anybody. He looks like a dork, but those are sometimes the people you should be more afraid of than anybody. You don't know that kind of strength that person has because you just don't expect him to be that kind of person that reaches out and lashes out at somebody he's got that superhuman strength that nobody knows about until you actually witness it or feel it punching your skull or something like that but yeah joe kelly took matters into his own hands no player suspended no world series taken away so what does joe kelly do in the first series they play against the houston astros throws a ball at alex bregman's head and I said this earlier, Alex Bregman was one of the most loved baseball players in the major leagues. I don't think there was a lot of people that could say a lot of negative things about Alex Bregman. Alex Bregman, you can watch the video, tipped a, uh, gave a girl a tip or left an insane amount of money because she was struggling. She They heard about her story and they donated a lot of money. Alex Bregman... Seems like a very, very good person. It's not, it's very not, it's not great to judge an entire person's character off sports because there's so sports. I love sports. I do a freaking podcast on sports. I have played sports and been around sports my entire life, but there's certain things that we shouldn't be judging people on sports. Like, Oh, if they're not good at sports. We hate this person. Oh, he sucks. I absolutely hate this person. That stuff. But cheating, you can do cheating in anything. You can cheat in your relationships. You can cheat on tests in school. You can cheat on so many different things. So when you say, oh, he cheated, 
that shines a different light on somebody's character that you did not see before. And this season, if you look at the Astros players, they look absolutely miserable. And rightfully so. There should be fear in their heads, fear in their bodies, fear in their minds, hearts, souls, every time they step in the batter box that they are going to get hit. And it might not be on the first pitch. It might not even be in the first inning. But best be known, it probably will happen at some point in the game, especially your name is Jose Altuve or Alex Bregman. Nobody likes a cheater. No matter the good deeds you've done, if you cheat at something to win something that someone else worked even, worked obviously more hard to get that because they did not cheat, you're going to, people are not going to like you. The simple as that. Like it's, it's totally different than saying, oh, I hate this player. He gave up a big play in the Super Bowl. I absolutely hate this player. I hate him. People can actually say, Cause he cheat. Cause you can cheat. You don't need to be a major league baseball player to cheat. You can cheat in anything. It'll take a little bit for Bregman to rebuild his reputation. Cause nobody likes him anymore. Kiss the Hall of Fame goodbye. You would think, but again, Manfred's the commissioner. I know he doesn't have doesn't get the final say. Or he doesn't necessarily put all his votes in to put Bregman or somebody like that in the Hall of Fame. But. He could make a little adjustment because he is the guy running the entire thing. He is the guy running the show. MLB the show. Great game. But that's beside the point. Next batter, a little later, Carlos Correa. Unlike Alex Bregman, Correa's not a very well-liked player in the MLB even before the cheating scandal took place. There's not a lot of people that have a lot of great things to say about Carlos Correa. I necessarily find him extremely annoying. But I don't hate him as a person. I don't I don't hate Alex Bregman. I think what he did is stupid, and I, I could see why people hate Alex Bregman because he cheated. And I am I especially as an MLB player, Major League Baseball player, I could definitely see why you'd hate this person because they cheated to get something that you worked hard for. Especially if you're a Dodgers player. Good lord. Thank you to the Nationals for winning your first World Series against this team. But he throws at Correa and then gets him out with a nasty pitch. Carlos Correa swinging like he's a dad. He looks like my dad out there swinging. He looks like he got his pitching wedge and tried to hit a golf ball. That's how gone he was on the pitch. And then Joe Kelly walks off the field because the inning's over. So you walk towards your dugout. The inning's done. He has struck him out. So there's people on social media going, ah, he, he walked away after doing that. Well, the inning's over. So he's not going to stand there after he's done. Inning's over. And then Correa stares him down like, oh, he's actually going to do something. Doesn't. And now we sit here with Joe Kelly with an eight-game suspension. Of course he'll appeal, as he should. Will it get approved? I don't know. I surely hope so. But that's just so stupid, isn't it? We've got the player that threw at the players that cheated. He gets suspended for eight games. The player's that cheated are suspended no games the world series is still there and the players are getting their full salaries they're getting no suspensions they're living the pretty life the only thing they got to worry about is getting a ball thrown 90 miles an hour at their head which i feel i feel is a just punishment don't you think you can dodge it bregman dodged it correa dodged it you can dodge it but do i think joe kelly is wrong no i do not Joe Kelly took things in his own hands. Baseball is one of those weird sports where you can just take matters in your own hands as a pitcher. If you don't like something, if one of your batters got beamed, you're going to come in. You're gonna, might, you might see someone get thrown at later. And just like that. It's simple as that. If you don't like what someone does, you just throw the ball at them. What are they going to do? Stay in there and get hit by it? That's one, of, that's the, one of the beauties of baseball. You take matters in your own hand. It's all... Run on player pace. There's no time. There's no nothing. All how fa- however fast the players move, that's how fast the game is going. However much the header, the players hit the ball, that's how fast the game's going. But Kelly, as it was said on Twitter numerous, numerous times, is an American hero, and should not serve any games of the suspension because as we're, as all as far as I'm concerned, the Astros players that were in the big re- big. Uh, 
big players behind this, especially the likes of Altuve and Bregman, should be suspended. They should be playing. So think of it like that. He didn't hit anybody. They dodged it. So they're fine. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So that, with that being said, I ranked the commissioners in base, uh, commissioners in sports, in American sports, the top five leagues in sports. So here we go. Starting at number one, this is ranked from liked to disliked, best to worst. Best to worst is very subjective. Liked to disliked again as well. But this is just me basing it off of social media. Uh, number one, Brett Garber for the MLS. Pretty well-liked guy as far as I'm, as far as I can tell. Expanding the MLS, helping the MLS grow. People need to understand this about the MLS. We got MLS's back tournament stuff to talk about in a little bit. But the MLS is only 25 years old, 26 years old. The Premier League is what? Now it's on 25 years or 20. It's around 30 years. 27, 28 years, I think. Yeah. But the English leagues that these teams played in, in Manchester United or Liverpool, uh, Chelsea, Man City, it's been around for over 100 years. Some of these teams have been playing for that long. A lot of teams have. Some of these grounds are that old. You could, If you would have told me the first year this started, then you go 26 years in the future, was it the best soccer or football you'd ever seen in your entire life? No. It takes time to grow a league where you got other big leagues, a lot bigger leagues to compete with, like the Premier League, like La Liga, like Serie A, like uh, League Un. Like the Eredivisie, even. You got those leagues to compete with. It's going to grow. The MLS is only on an upward trajectory, as far as I'm concerned. They're adding teams. Now, I don't. What well, I think the MLS should implement a promotion relegation thing like all these other leagues do. I think that'd be really cool to see. But the difference is with these teams being founded, some of them for like the last five years, five, ten years. The if you go down, there's a you're gonna go straight back up because the money structure down in the USSL is not great. Or the USL, I can't remember what exactly it is. It's not there. There's not a lot of money filing into the USL where people in the Premier League will be willing to go down the Championship. You see, likes of Matt Ritchie leaving Bournemouth for Newcastle a few years ago. See a few players go down to the Championship. Alexander Mitrovic stayed in the Championship. After getting relegated from the Premier League. Stayed with Fulham in the championship. Instead of going to a bigger team. There's no enticing offers to go to the second division in American soccer. There's not really a lot of things going on there. So, but with the expansion of the league, putting in all these interesting markets like Austin, it would be is an interesting market. Sacramento only has the Kings there. St. Louis Though I hate the Cardinals and I absolutely despise everything St. Louis Blues and, well, actually just everything St. Louis, they have a really good fan base. And they need a, another sport in there, like soccer, to help ease the pain that they don't have an NFL team anymore. You got all these really interesting locations. You got two teams in Los Angeles now after Chivas USA dipped. You got two teams in New York. Actually, well, one team in New York, the other one in New Jersey. But still teams in the New York metro area. Teams in Kansas City, Salt Lake, Minneapolis, or St. Paul. I don't know which one Minnesota United plays in. There's got a lot of cool teams in the MLS, and it's growing. And Portland, Seattle, great MLS franchises, great MLS cities, great atmospheres. In Portland Stadium, in the CenturyLink Field in Seattle. I can't remember what Portland Stadium is called. Providence Park. There it is. Beautiful atmosphere. Beautiful scenes every time they play there. But I think Brett Garber is doing a very nice job. From that, from from what I can tell on social media, and there's, there's not a lot of people that really dislike Brett Garber. Moving on to number two, Adam Silver. Same thing here, except he's an exact opposite of the person he replaced in, oh my god, I'm blank, wow, 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 oh man, I'm, what was his name, oh no, oh no, we forgot his name, what's his name, we threw out his name, remember this Spongebob clip where they 
they teach him how to do fine dining and breathing. Uh, what is his name? Oh my god, I'm. This is ruining my credibility as a as a sports podcast host. Good lord. I'm bl- I've. David Stern. I'm upset. I am very upset. But he's an exact opposite character of David Stern. David Stern was an intense guy that wouldn't let anything go. He wouldn't just let it be about the players. You see the trades he turned down in his time as the commissioner of the NBA. Some of the moves, like people were scared to deal with David Stern. Adam Silver's this nice guy. Everybody usually gets, it seems like everybody gets along with him. Not a lot of people dislike. It's kind of hard to dislike Adam Silver. He does some decent, he does some good things with the NBA. Doing the bubble, zero cases of uh, COVID in the bubble. A lot of people seem to really like Adam Silver. I don't really necessarily have a major opinion on Adam Silver, but... He seems like he's got a pretty solid fan base around the leagues. Now you get into the top three hated guys. I think everybody can agree these guys are above. It's not really that the other two are like peaches and like, oh, they're the best guys of all time. These three are just not liked regardless. Number three, oh, this might be a little controversial, but Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell divides opinions across the NFL. Not a lot of people. Actually, I wouldn't say divides opinions. I guess it's still technically division, but nobody really likes Roger Goodell. I think he gained a lot of fans from the NFL draft experience when he was just chilling on his chair, eating his M&Ms. I think everybody loved that. I loved that. It was just funny. He was doing the same thing that everybody else was. It gave a little human aspect to him. He gets paid a lot of money. A lot of money. But that was really funny to see them go like, yep, I know everybody's asking about the candy jar and it's almost made a sizable dent here. He's very cringy. I'll give him that. I'll give you that. He's one of the most cringy people in the world of sports with the hugs things, uh, dapping up the draft picks. I remember when Von Miller got drafted. Von Miller, I think, was suing the commissioner when he got drafted, which is crazy to think about. That player was not even in the league yet, and he's got to say hello to the commissioner as he gets drafted, which I guess he could have just said he doesn't want to go, but whatever. But he divides opinions because he – his suspensions are like, oh, what's the, the, does the punishment really fit the crime here? I don't know. Like we talked about Josh Gordon situation, the cream hunt situation. Um, the, then you got Patriots fans who absolutely despise everything. Roger Goodell. I don't think any Patriots fan can say anything positive about Roger Goodell. I think that's obvious. Well, all the stuff that he's done with the new England Patriots. I don't think anybody's really dis- disappointed by that. Cause now there's, there's a lot of people out there. I would say the majority of people in the NFL, fans-wise, say they hate the Patriots. No matter who you're a fan of, you hate the New England Patriots. As my dad has raised me, I was one thing that he told me growing up, hate the Patriots. And the other thing was, hate Tom Brady. The other thing was, I love you, son. <laughs> uh, but everybody hates the Patriots. I don't think there's anybody other than Patriots fans... I don't think anybody really likes the Patriots. I don't think anybody... I I respect the crap out of Tom Brady from what he came from. Like, as a six-round draft pick. Necessarily, like, his background on what he lived through growing up. But what he did in college, what he did in the NFL. Because it's kind of weird to think about this as he was a six-round draft pick. He's not a completely different player from college to the NFL. He's doing a lot of the same things, but just at a higher level with a lot better numbers. But he's still doing the same, coming from behind, winning against big-time opponents, winning in the biggest moments. He's still doing all that same stuff. But everybody's actually giving him respect, and there's he's the GOAT. I don't think anybody can disagree about that. But I think a lot of people hate Bill Belichick because of the cheating scandals that they've had in New England. And Ro- Roger Goodell has been at the forefront of handing out those suspensions to the New England Patriots, and everybody hates him because of that. For New England Patriots fans, See the clown shirts at Barstool Sports? I have an Antonio Brown clown shirt. Very similar to that one. But yeah, Roger Goodell at number three. Gary Bettman is at number four. Uh, He's been the commissioner of the NHL since 1993. And by my calculations, now they could be wrong because I didn't do any research on any of these other guys, 
before this, but I know three of them for fact are not, have not served as long. Brett Garber, well, no, he, he couldn't have either. Uh, yeah, actually, maybe he could have. But he's the longest serving GM in sports right now. 20-something years. Since 1993, I'm not here to do math. 27 years is what he's been the commissioner of the NHL. He's not very well liked on social media. If you read the tweets about Gary Bettman, it is basically of, oh my God, I thought he was by far the worst commissioner in sports. Then Rob Manfred entered the door, entered the chat, whatever you want to say. He's not a very well-liked person. He's been there forever. He doesn't have a great relationship with the players. Every time he's on the ice for the Stanley Cup championship, everybody boos him, which I guess is every commissioner, really. Like, Bud Light gave out, uh, made, uh, what was the thing with the draft? They said they'd put booze on the TV. Like, boo, not booze, like alcohol. And maybe that was also the thing. That's very creative marketing, I guess. But, yeah, Gary Bettman at number four, and then easily, as I said, Mar- Rob Manfred at number five. I think it's a very solid list. I don't think there's... I guess you could switch. If you really wanted to, Goodell and Bettman. But as far as leagues go, the NFL has grown a, a lot since he's taken over. Bringing in money, a ton of... Shoveling in money. If you're looking at it from an owner standpoint, you love Roger Goodell. Players, he divides opinions. Same with fans as well. Rob Manfred is hated by everybody. <laughs> I think it's very... Uh, set in stone at this point in time. But free Joe Kelly. That's what we got here. Free Joe Kelly. Does not deserve to spend to spend the Astros players. Let's move on to the MLS. Brett Garber's league. And we got the MLS's back tournament. We've done quite a bit of talking points about the MLS's back tournament. I love the MLS's back tournament. Well, do I anymore? Do I love this tournament anymore? I don't know, really. Because it turns out, I'm an idiot. Simple as that. I am upset with, I guess, I'm not really upset. I'm upset with one pick. And that's LAFC versus Seattle Sounders. Because I was the one I thought of the hardest and the longest. And whoever won that game, I was going to put in the semifinals. Now, I'm confident saying that LAFC will go to the final. I'm fairly confident in saying that. I'm fairly confident in saying that. The LAFC will go. I had them go to the semis. And then I changed it to Seattle last minute. Because I said, oh, they've allowed seven goals. And then just ignored the fact that they scored 11. Diego Rossi has seven goals this tournament. He's the leading scorer in the league right now. It's ridiculous. Just because they don't have Carlos Vea... They're somehow a terrible team that can't make it out of the first freaking round. Logan, they were your pick to win MLS Cup this year. Or at least go to MLS Cup this year. Now I got to make sure. I, I got to look at my predictions real quick. Because I think there's something else that I got to look at here as well. Which one was the official MLS predictions? I think it was this one with the bold text. It has to be this one. Yeah, listen to this. Listen to this. In my preseason predictions, I had LAFC beating the Seattle Sounders to go to MLS Cup. In my preseason predictions, I had them going to MLS Cup and beating Seattle in the playoffs along the way. That... Why did I go against myself? Why did I do this? I knew LAFC would win. Why did I pick Seattle? This is me kind of thinking out loud. I'm not really talking to the podcast right now. I'm kind of just going. I'm, I'm an idiot, essentially. Straight up. I, I I feel very, very stupid. I went against myself, which pisses me off more than anything. The other the other people, the other teams on here, I can go like, I was pretty convinced. Well, not entirely convinced, but I thought for sure that Toronto would win, but I because I, I went away with my NYCFC stuff because they disappointed me the entire tournament. I went away from that. So I'm not incredibly disappointed that I didn't pick NYCFC. I mean, I, I guess I kind of am because I just went away from them like that. But Seattle versus LA, that 
hits me differently than all the other predictions on this list. Because you know why? Because I had LAFC in the semifinals. And that's not happening anymore because I changed it to Seattle. Now, looking at how the bracket's set up for them, I would be shocked if they didn't win the damn thing. This is stupid. I, I hate... God! The only way to make me feel better about this is if you go and buy your Logan Blackman Show merch when the link drops Saturday and go like and subscribe to the YouTube channel and the Facebook page and go follow the Logan Blackman Show on all social media accounts. I'm pissed. And my, my head hurts. Now I'm even more pissed. Why is your head hurt, Logan? Well, I just smacked myself in the head with a microphone. Predictions are easy and hard at the same time. Stuff like this. Because you get into a thing of double, or what is it called? Second-guessing yourself. I second-guessed myself about Seattle and LAFC. Because of the fact that LA didn't have Carlos Vea and had allowed seven goals. But then you, if you just look like Logan, oh, that's sound reasoning, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty sound reasoning. And you look what Seattle did. Oh, they must have scored a ton of goals. No, Seattle scored four goals. In the tournament, three of them in one game against Vancouver. So out of the rest of the tournament, they've scored two goals, including the knockout stage. LAFC scored 11. I get that Seattle only allowed two, but you look at their group, it's not any world beaters in this group. Vancouver had no business meeting in the knockout stage anyways, and Chicago is not the greatest team in the world. And they lost to Chicago. What in my... Why? 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 My, I'm so stupid. Why do people listen to this podcast? <laughs> I'm pissed. Yeah, they scored seven, allowed seven goals, but you had a tournament filled with Houston, LA, and Portland. Goals are going to get scored past you. Not only you're playing Chicago and uh, Vancouver, which Vancouver almost beat my team, so I shouldn't really be bashing Vancouver that much. So stupid. I'm pissed. Uh, that's the one thing that pissed me off so far. Like I can I can come around to gra- I can grasp the fact that Columbus lost on penalties to Minnesota, which pisses me off, but Minnesota's not a bad team, but I shouldn't have I counted them out. I was like, this is the easiest pick of the tournament for me. I literally just was like, Yeah, pfft, screw it, get them out of there. They're not winning this game. I was so confident Columbus would win that game. Same with Portland. And Portland won on penalties last night against FC Cincinnati. Damn. I'm I'm upset with myself. My conviction on Columbus beating Minnesota upsets me. Not because they lost. It's because of how confident I was that Columbus would win. And then the LAFC thing pisses me off any, even more. And it makes me even more mad that they won 4-1. to one. If they won 2-1... to one, I would have been fine. I mean, like, okay, that happens. But the fact that I thought about it as long as I did, and they smacked Seattle Sounders by three, makes me even more mad. But it's been frustrating. But Sporting, get on a lighter note, Sporting made it out barely against Vancouver. The amount of talent in Sporting Kansas City squad compared to that of Vancouver is ridiculous. They bought Alan Pleto for $10 million. I don't think Vancouver has $10 million. I don't think... I don't think Vancouver's worth $10 million. Actually, we're going to check that out right now. Let's see how much Vancouver... Vancouver Whitecaps, um... Worth? Is that the right way to... Net worth? Vancouver... The the net collective of the group... Has over... Worth over $2 billion. What is Vancouver's net ranking? Or net worth? Can you just search MLS net worth? MLS team's net worth? Yeah, there it is. First thing that popped up. Value in millions of dollars. Okay. Team values. Statista. Expand. I know it's going to be over $10 million, but that's just what it feels like. 215. They are the fourth... Um, Lowest income team in the MLS, it looks like. Top of them, not surprising, Atlanta, LA. LA. 
not surprising at all. Sporting's right smack in the middle with three hundred twenty-five million. Um, yeah, I know that was a little. I was just it was more of a sarcastic thing than anything. Are they worth ten million dollars? Obviously, they're worth more than that. Could they spend ten million dollars? I don't think so. Splash out on one player? I don't. I don't think that would happen. But Sporting Kansas City did end up winning. Wasn't nervous when the penalty shootout came around. Great penalty shootout by Sporting. Terrible by Vancouver. Worst penalty shootout I've ever seen one team in forever. Minnesota, on the other hand, took great penalties last night. Great penalties. Chase Gasper scored the winner. Stealed the fate of the team that had not allowed a single goal the entire tournament. That had scored seven. And now they're out. And there was a metric that said earlier that the most likely teams to win MLS this MLS tournament, Columbus wasn't even in the top, like, seven. And everyone's like, well, why don't you put the Columbus crew there? And I was kind of like, what? You can't put the – you're going to not put the Columbus crew there? And this happens. They lose f- five to three on penalties. And Jassy Sardes was honestly lucky to score his goal because Tyler Miller saved the penalty and it just fell right in front of Jayassi Zardes. Luckiest goal he'll ever score. Also the easiest goal he'll ever score. Cause I mean, wide open net can't really miss that. I've seen players miss that, but you don't expect Jayassi Zardes U S international to miss a goal like that. I mean, it wouldn't affect his U S international status because Greg Beerhalter loves himself. Some Jayassi Zardes. We had a disappointing performance last night from them. Portland shocked me by only winning 4-2 on penalties. Penalties for Portland to FC Cincinnati. That shot me. At least Portland won. So for the semifinals, for this, I had ugh, Sporting, Kansas City, Toronto, Seattle, and Columbus Crew. I almost picked Portland over Toronto. Just went back on that. Don't know why, but I did. Didn't even think twice about putting Sporting in the semifinals. Thought about them in the final because it's my team. So I kind of am a a pessimistic fan. So kind of a hard time placing my team in finals. But yeah, I had Sporting going to the semifinals pretty easily. I switched Toronto beating Portland. I had Portland, switched it. Now Toronto's not even in the quarterfinals. Um, Had Seattle in the semis. Before that, I had LAFC in the semis. I didn't really give – I don't think Orlando City will win this game. I think their run of form is really good right now. But I said the same thing about the Columbus Crew. And look what happened to them. They lost to freaking Minnesota United. And then the Columbus Crew obviously winning the entire tournament. But, yeah, if I'm making predictions right now – so this starts up tomorrow. So when this show gets aired, this will be the day of the game. Sporting Kansas City versus the Philadelphia Union. I will be doing a show – Probably before that, so I might be a little excitable before the game starts. But, nevertheless, they got a game tomorrow. Sporting versus Philadelphia. I fully expect Sporting to win the game. I think Philadelphia got some talented players on their team, but Sporting have one of the best overall rosters in this thing. And, I would say, out of the teams left, okay, I would say, ooh, the team they're playing also has a very good one of these, but goalkeeper. I think Tamili is the best goalkeeper left in this tournament. I think Andre Blake has a say in that as well. Andre Blake's a very good goalkeeper. Sean Johnson might be stick up his neck and say something. Kenneth Vermeer might say something too. You sit down over there, Tyler Miller. But Tamili is there. I would say they have the best striker in this. Bradley Wright Phillips could say something too, but he's a little older. And I'll take at right now. I'll take Alan Polito who's one of the hottest players in MLS right now. Sporting's captain. He's played five, six games for the team. He's already the captain. Their midfield's not even 100%. Gutierrez hasn't played. He's been out all season. He's arguably the best player on Sporting Kansas City. He's been out with a knee injury. He has been playing. Gotti Quinta's been playing in his place. Maybe he'd probably replace Espinoza with the age thing, but I think they had the best forward line. Actually, no, Rossi. I don't know why I said that. Rossi scored freaking seven goals in this tournament. Bradley Wright Phillips scored a fair amount of goals as well. I will say striker and goalkeeper, I would I would bet my house and say that they're the best two in this tournament. Left. Melia Polito. Two best. I might make an argument for Elias Sanchez being the best holding midfielder. Maybe. 
defense, uh, kind of shaky. But striker and goalie, solid. I love Johnny Russell. I think Kiri Shelton does some good things. He's frustrating at times. Joseph Fernandez is a great super sub. We love Graham Zuzi. Zuzi for president. I think I think Sporting will win this, and I think they'll coast to the final and then lose in the final. But I will say Portland beats NYCFC in the tournament by me. Confidence is a big thing. NYCFC just beat Toronto 3-1, to a team they always struggled against. 3-1, to and Portland barely beat a very bad team. An improving bad team, but a bad team nonetheless in FC Cincinnati. I'm going to say Portland. This might change come tomorrow. But on July 29th, I'm saying Portland over NYCFC. Next one, Orlando City versus LAFC. Don't even think about it that much. LAFC said that about Columbus versus Minnesota too, and look what happened. But I'm more confident in LAFC with their front, their attacking than I am with Columbus, who's on a very hot run of form. But Orlando City is too. I don't know. I'm going to go with LAFC. I'm going to say 2 nothing for that game. And San Jose versus Minnesota United. San Jose has been looking really good. Not going to lie. Chris Wondolowski still kicking in goals every once in a while. Do I think San Jose will beat Minnesota United? Minnesota United, the best set-piece team in the MLS, arguably. I'm going to say ML... <sighs> that one's going to be close. This is the hardest one to predict. San Jose versus Minnesota. What did I say at the start of the year? Let's look at my start of the year predictions for San Jose Earthquakes. Where did I say that team would be playing towards the end of the season? I had them in ninth, Minnesota in sixth. So what I did last time, I ignored my preseason prediction. I kind of forgot about it until today, about LAFC beating Seattle. I will go with Minnesota United beating the San Jose Earthquakes. one nothing. Actually, no, San Jose is going to score goals. I'm going to 2-2 penalties again. That's what we've got. Uh, my bracket is officially busted, so I'm not looking at winning any money from the MLS website for predicting this terrible bracket, having three of my four semifinal teams eliminated. Now that I say that, Sporting's probably going to get eliminated, and I'll have no semifinal teams. Don't stick your guess at yourself, ladies and gentlemen. Go with your first, your gut feeling. Because if I went with my gut feeling, I'd have Philadelphia Sporting, Still, I, I'd still have Toronto, Portland, Orlando, LAFC, Real Salt, or uh, not Real Salt Lake. I had San Jose, the San Jose Earthquakes. I would still say Columbus Crew. But my big one there is LAFC. Because looking back on it, I don't know why I had so much faith that Seattle would beat them. With how good they were in front of goal this year, I get their defense wasn't great, but Seattle wasn't really scoring a crap ton of goals this tournament either. I don't know. Frustrating. Very, very, very frustrating times for Logan Blackman, host of the Logan Blackman Show. But before we end the show today, we've got the last rankings of the NFL Top 100 players for the players by the players. We had the top 10 released tonight. I've only seen 5 through 10, so it'll be a surprise to me who gets ranked at number 1. But we ended yesterday going through the 50 through 41. We're going to go 40 through 31 right now. 40, Daniel Hunter. Had himself a fantastic season last year. 14 and a half sacks last season. Same exact numbers you had last year. Tyron Matthew back in the ranks at 39. Chris Godwin at 38. Jalen Ramsey at 37. Nick Chubb, 36. Minka Fitzpatrick, 35. Joey Bosa, who just signed a massive contract today. Biggest contract in defensive history in the NFL. Congratulations to Joey on getting that contract. Well-deserved. Ranked 34th. Aaron Jones, 33. Coincidentally, that's his number. Number 32, Shaq Barrett, and number 31, Saquon Barkley. Saquon struggled with injuries last year, but so I'm not surprised he dropped. Shaquille Barrett, like if you look at the players that weren't ranked last year at this one, you got one in Barrett, two in Jones, then you got three in Minka Fitzpatrick, four in Nick Chubb, five in Godwin, six in Tyron Matthew. Six out of those ten that we just said were not in the rankings last year. Shaq Barrett. Uh, was near the top of the NFL in sacks last year. 19 and a half sacks. So he was the league leader in sacks. 19 and a half sacks. Had himself a great year. Aaron Jones proved that he's a number one running back in this league. Had an insane number of total touchdowns last year. 19, which I'm pretty sure led the NFL. 
Don't need to talk about Bosa. Minka Fitzpatrick completely changed the Steelers' defense. Nick Chubb is legit number one running back. Godwin is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL now. Ty Matthews a beast. Like, there's not really a lot to say about that list. 30 through 31. We got Mike Evans just above his teammate Chris Godwin. Then you've got Quentin Nelson at 29. Richard Sherman, 28. Then Jamal Adams, 27. Von Miller, 26. Uh, TJ Watt, 25. Ezekiel Elliott, 24. Cam Jordan, 23. Tyreek Hill, 22. Dalvin Cook, 21. This might be a little low for TJ Watt, wouldn't you say? He's almost, he, was, he finished third in the Defensive Player of the Year voting. Third, 25th? I think it might be a little tight, a little low for the Watt brother, TJ. And Von Miller at 26? He didn't play that much last year, did he? I He dropped 16 spots, but did he play? I don't, I don't remember how many games Von Miller played, and if he did, he just didn't do anything last year. Jamal Adams at 27 might be a little low for Jamal Adams. Um, Yeah, this is a... This is a weird set. I put Quentin Nelson up higher. I think Quentin Nelson is the best guard in the NFL. Now, he might be the top-rated guard on this list, but I'd rank him a little higher than 29. I think Quentin Nelson is one of the best players in the NFL. Now, I get 29 is one of the best players in the NFL, but I'd rank him higher than that. Uh, number 20, Deshaun Watson. Uh, Khalil Mack, 19. Travis Kelsey, 18. Nick Bosa at 17. Aaron Rodgers, 16. Chandler Jones, 15. Tom Brady, 14. Bobby Wagner, 13. Drew Brees, 12. Julio, 11. Um, Aaron Rodgers at 16. Did he do a lot of great things last year? 26 touchdowns, 4 picks is a really good stat. But if you look at the last half of the season, the last 8 starts, he's on par with the guy who's ranked 87th on this list, and Josh Allen. Is that really the 16th? I get a lot of people love Aaron Rodgers. Talent-wise, I don't think there's a lot of players better than Aaron Rodgers. Talent-wise. But last year? Second, this is all based off last year for the most part. At seven, at 16? Nick Bosa at 17 for his first ranking. Fine. Uh, Mack at 19 dropped freaking 16 spots. And Deshaun at 20. Interesting. Now we go into the top 10. First time I've seen 5 through t- five through 1. Number 10, Derrick Henry, led the league in rushing last year. Insane year, carried the Titans throughout the playoffs. Top 10 player, I don't know, but based off last year, I think it's hard to say he's not. Uh, Stephon Gilmore at 9 might be a little too low for Stephon Gilmore. Then DeAndre Hopkins at 8. George Kittle at 7. Christian McCaffrey at 6. Michael Thomas 5. Now I'm not, this is the first time I'm going to see number 4. Patty Mahomes at 4. Last year is ranked 4th. Uh, number three, Aaron Donald at number three. They ranked Lamar Jackson and Russell. I wonder when they ranked number one. They, did they rank Lamar Jackson number one? They did. Russell Wilson at number two and then Lamar Jackson at number one. To me, Aaron Donald's the best player in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes is number two. And then I think probably... Russell Wilson or Chris McCaffrey at number three. But Lamar, I rank him as the third best quarterback in the NFL. I have consistently had my top three quarterbacks. Reed, Mahomes, Wilson, Jackson. Pretty consensus there. The thing, I like, I love the fact that Lamar Jackson threw for 3,000, rushed for 1,000, led the league in passing touchdowns, had the best record in the NFL. But the number one player in the league... Is really high <laughs> for a guy that has yet to win a playoff game. Quarterback-wise, sure, yeah, I'd rank him in the top three easy. I'd rank him in the top five of the NFL based off last year, but number one, unanimous MVP is a very hard thing to say that he's not the best player in the NFL. But I think Donald is the best. I, I don't know. I'm not incredibly disappointed with number one. I think Lamar, based off last, because that's the thing we got to remember, this is based off last year. Russell Wilson at two? Why? I don't know why Patrick Mahomes is so at four. I rank him a little higher. Dude won a freaking Super Bowl and Super Bowl MVP. 
and then someone's saying, so I'm not upset with Russell Wilson at number two. I think Russell Wilson is a top five player in the NFL. I think Donald's the best player in the NFL, but I don't have anything overly dramatic to say about that. The thing I don't like about this list is the fact that Gilmore is ranked so much higher than Tredavious White. The fact that Logan Ryan is ranked above Marlon Humphrey is another thing. The fact that Richard Sherman and Jalen Ramsey are above Tredavious White. The fact that Carson Wentz isn't even on this list after he just threw 4,000 yards without having a single receiver over 500 yards, which is a ridiculous stat. First player in NFL history to do that. He's not on the list. Now, I saw a thing on Twitter. or uh, was It on it was on Instagram. They're like, um, this list considers Josh Allen better than Carson Wentz. Well, it also considers uh, Ryan Tannehill better than Carson Wentz, Kyler Murray better than Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott. There's so many quarterbacks on this list to label out. Josh Allen's the one you're targeting here. So I guess... Based off social media, it's the cool thing to do to bash Josh Allen without really knowing anything about what he's done in his time in Buffalo. Led the league in comebacks. Led the league in touch, uh, fourth quarter comebacks. Led the league in fourth last dr- game-winning drives. Has Was on par with Aaron Rodgers in regards to stats the last eight weeks of the season. Went to the playoffs in his second year. Was considered the biggest project in the, la- in the 2018 draft. And was forced to start his second week in his NFL career. Had a quarterback named Nathan Peterman he was learning from. Where the other guys that were drafted in the same class as him had Tyrod Taylor, who Buffalo had but didn't keep, obviously. Then Josh McCown, Sam Bradford, Joe Flacco. We had all these guys. And Josh Allen had Nathan Peterman and A.J. McCarron. Who, A.J. McCarron's a backup and Nathan Peterman shouldn't really be in the NFL anymore. But he is. The person that was considered to be the biggest project in the draft is the one we are going to hate on the most. And the funny thing is, the same people say Sam Darnold is the best quarterback in New York. First off, they don't play in New York. Second off, there is a mountain difference between Sam Darnold and Josh Allen. Sam Darnold was considered a can't-miss prospect. That He's up there with Andrew Luck and John Elway. Josh Allen was considered a project that needs a year or two to get ready to play in the NFL. We don't know if he can handle an NFL playbook. We know he's got a strong arm, but he has accuracy issues. Sam Rollins, oh, you can't miss on Sam. I drafted number one overall, not even think twice about it. Now we're starting to go on, we still don't like Josh Allen, even though he's miles ahead of Sam Darnold, and Sam Darnold was already miles ahead of Josh Allen when they got drafted, apparently. It's stupid. It's very stupid. I don't get it, really. What does the kid got to do? I, I'm. I, that's just where I'm standing on the matter. What more does he have to do? He has the highest rate of dropped passes in the NFL last year, eighth highest this rookie year. With young receivers, young running backs, and his rookie year, Kelvin Benjamin is the number one receiver. With Zay Jones as the number two. Tell me what teams they are on right now. Two years in the future, tell me what teams they are on right now. Kevin Benjamin is not in the league, and Zay Jones might not even still be on the Raiders anymore. No receiver on that Bills team, Josh Allen's rookie year, is in the NFL anymore. Those offensive linemen, not in the NFL, other than Deion Dawkins. They switched up the entire line. They switched up the wide receivers, the tight ends, the running backs. Dawson Knox never scored a touchdown in his, his career, college, high school, whatever. Scored a touchdown his first year in Buffalo. Dawson Knox was a blocking tight end, but had a lot of athleticism. Not used to catching the ball. So dropped a lot of passes. Derek, Devin Singletary, great breaker of tackles. Great mover within the box. Really talented running back. Not Didn't really catch the ball a lot in college, as far as I know. Maybe he did, and I just didn't check. Then Isaiah McKenzie, another one. Speed, great speed guy. Not a great wide receiver. I don't know what he, Josh has to do. This is coming from a biased fan standpoint, but what more does he have to do? It confuses the hell out of me. Every single time I hear someone bash him, 
because he's not accurate. Or he doesn't do this good. Oh, the defense carried them to the playoffs. He still led the league in fourth quarter comebacks. He still led the league in game-winning drives or was in the top two or three. Need to double-check that So I guess I'm not 100% sure on that matter. But seriously, what more does he have to do? Do I think he should be right in the top 100 players? I don't know because I could tell you my initial reaction was shocked and I sprinted upstairs to go tell my dad. Do I think Carson Wentz is better than Josh Allen? Yes. I'm not an idiot. I know that. Carson Wentz was the MVP of the league before he got hurt and people seem to forget about that. It's just, I don't know. Top 100 list is always, um, what do you want to call it? Hot button debate. I guess there's a lot of quarterbacks on this list that I don't think are better than Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is better than Josh Allen. Carson Wentz is better than Kyler Murray. Carson Wentz is better than Kirk Cousins. Carson Wentz is better than Dak Prescott. I don't know if I said Ryan Tannehill. If I did, I'm going to say it again. Ryan Tannehill is not better than Carson Wentz. It's not even close. Had a good year last year. My, my prediction is, this could be totally wrong, I think Ryan Tannehill's the new age Ryan Fitzpatrick. Play really good on a contract year, not great the next year. Bounce around the league, stay in the league, journeyman type player. Everybody seems to like Ryan Tannehill in the locker rooms. No one seems to really have a real problem with Tannehill. Athletic, deceive, deceptively athletic, just like Ryan Fitzpatrick is, as he led the Dolphins in rushing yards last year. Very similar type quarterbacks. But yeah, top 100 players list by the players, apparently. Not everybody agrees with that. And that's whatever, because it's the list. I don't know what you want me to do about it or what you think complaining is going to do about it, because that's not what happened. I guess you can vent and it makes you feel better about yourself. But according to the players and some other people, because I don't think it was all the players, did not think these players deserved the top 100 spot. Even though I think Carson Wentz should be in the top 100, Trey White should not be below any other corner than Stephon Gilmore. And 47 is extremely disrespectful. Logan Ryan above Marlon Humphrey is ridiculous. I don't know who decided to put that out there. I don't know who voted for that. Did they have the entire Titans roster, coaching staff, and ownership group sign that and get, hey, put Logan Ryan up there? I'm not saying Logan Ryan's not a bad corner. Logan Ryan's a very talented player. But top 100 above Marlon Humphrey? It's a little crazy to me. Little crazy. Congrats to Lamar Jackson. They'll get ranked number one. Amazing season last year. Let's see if he can keep it up and actually win a playoff game this upcoming season, if there is a season. So with that being said, let's end it here on this Thursday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. I hope you all enjoy the show. Go watch Sporting Kansas City versus the Philadelphia Union tonight. Make sure you tune in that. It should be a very, very exciting game. The game is, of course, at 7 p.m. Central Time, so make sure you tune in to the game. Again, tonight at 7, Sporting Kansas City versus the, I almost said Vancouver Whitecaps, the Philadelphia Union. So with that being said, let's end it here. I'm your host, Logan Blackman. Hope you have a great day. I will see you tomorrow. Peace.